0: Welcome to the Roxborough Church podcast. For more resources and information, visit roxboroughchurch.org. We hope you are blessed by this week's message.
1: Can you guys hear me? I'm Mackenzie. I think most of you might know me. Um, I definitely grew up, so I don't think any of you remember who I am. Um, but I'm going to be reading a scripture from John. It's five fifteen. It's called the healing at the pool. He asked him, do you want to get well? Sir, the invalid replied, I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred. While I'm trying to get in, someone else goes ahead of me. Then Jesus said to him, get up, pick up your mat and walk. At first, the man was cured. He picked up his mat and walked. The day on which this took place was a Sabbath. And so the Jewish leaders said to the man who had been healed, it is a Sabbath. The law forbids you to carry your mat. But he replied, the man who made me well said to me, pick up your mat and walk. So they asked him, who this fellow who told you to pick up the mat and walk? The man who was healed had no idea who it was, for Jesus had slipped away into the crowd that was there. Later, Jesus found him at the temple and said to him, see, you are all well again. Stop sinning or something worse may happen to you. The man went away and told the Jewish leader that it was Jesus who made him well.
2: To say that I've been waiting for this for four months is an understatement. It's been a long time since we've been together, amen? Come on, there's somebody in the house today. It's been a long time since we've been together, all right? And I know if you're at home, I know that you're longing for the day when you can come back and join us in person again. And, and let me just say this to you. My name is Pastor Ray. I'm the pastor here at Roxborough. I want to invite you into a time that is, that is rich and sweet and good. But I want to say, please, come as you feel ready. Please don't feel the need to to reemerge yet if you don't quite feel like you're ready to engage at this level. Uh, Stay home. We'll continue to stream online and make sure that this is available to you. But for those who are able, um, we have three opportunities each week, 9 a.m. here in person, 9 a.m. online and 11 o'clock uh, outside in the front lawn, and I'm super excited about all those opportunities. Thank you, Mackenzie, for reading the scripture, and to the worship team. Thanks for leading us back into that time of worship where it felt, uh, it just felt like we were home. It just felt like we were home. Father, would you bless your word as we preach it now? Would you allow us, Father, to, uh, to, to, to be both inspired and convicted by the word of God? Lord, do something great in our lives. And Father, allow me to get out of the way that you might be center and present. In Jesus' name, amen. I love our city. I love the city of Philadelphia. You know, at last count, there was 1.6 million people in the city of Philadelphia. You know what that means? That's a lot of people. That means there's a lot of people. That means if everybody went out at the same time, there would be a crowd, a big crowd big crowd, probably a little too big for you or I to count by hand. But you know, one of the things I love about the city of Philadelphia is that, honestly, as big as our city is, it's really small because our city doesn't define itself as Philadelphia once you are here. It defines itself by neighborhood. Like when you travel, what do you think about this? When you travel and you meet somebody, you tell them where you're from. You say, I'm from Philly. Right? Like, if you're away from Philadelphia, you're just like, I'm from Philly. But when you go to the local grocery store, you don't say, I'm from Philly. You say the neighborhood that you're from. You know, like, I met Pastor Charlie. He didn't just tell me his neighborhood. He told me his block. Right? he I'm from Haines Street in Germantown. Like, he told me the block he grew up on. Right? But, but you know, I, I meet somebody. I'm like, hey, I'm, I'm from Roxborough. Right? Maybe you say, I'm from Manioc, or I'm from East Falls, or or uh, Mount Airy, or, or maybe somewhere beyond that. But I love how territorial our neighborhoods are because it helps me to understand something, right? The reason why everybody is so territorial is because they feel like they belong in their neighborhood. So, this big city of 1.6 million people has found a way to shrink down to a neighborhood base that you feel like that's my home, that's where I belong. And I love those things about our city. But here's some other things about our city that are really difficult. Last week, uh, uh, th- earlier this week, I was driving through our city. I had to make a delivery, and I, I, was, uh, I was over under the L. If you don't know where that's at, you can kind of look into that a little bit later and get your geography lesson around Philadelphia. But I was, I was under the L, and as I was driving through this neighborhood, what I saw in this neighborhood crushed me. I saw despair and hopelessness. I saw addictions that were open and obvious. I saw people blatantly, blatantly performing acts of, uh, illegal acts in, in, like on the street corners. My heart was crushed. So as big as our city is and as small as our neighborhoods are, the needs, man, they're present. But like I said, I love our city. The text we looked at this morning tells a lot about, uh, similarly, to, you know, kind of I'm going to walk us through, but similarly highlights a number of the things that I just talked about in our city. The story starts off with Jesus uh, finding his way to the Sheep Gate or the Bethesda Pool. And the Bethesda Pool, uh, there, were, there, were, there were lots of these places. The Bethesda Pool was a, was a pool that was believed That the angel of the Lord would descend into the pool and would stir the waters of the pool. And when the waters began to stir, the first person who was able to fully immerse themselves into the pool would be healed. And this had gone on at random times. There was no, it wasn't like it happened every Sunday at 11 a.m. It was just at the random times, if the pool would begin to stir, if, the, if somebody would jump into the pool or get themselves into the pool and would fully immerse themselves, the first person to do that would be healed. The second person would be the first person who was too late, but the first person would get healed, and so we pick up the story. Jesus meets this guy who has a reputation. I'll explain that to you in a minute. But he meets this guy who has a reputation, and he is laying by the pool. It says that he'd been he had been in this condition for 38 years, an invalid. He he he, he had he had no place in society. He, he, was, he was the least of these, and he's laying by the pool. But not only is he the least of these, he's the least of the least of these. Because for 38 years, he's had this situation, and he's been by the pool for a minute long enough to get a reputation as the one who had been laying by the pool waiting and unable to get in there. And so he looks at Jesus, not knowing who Jesus is, and he says, man, I wish I could get in that pool so that I could get healed. Think about this for a second. He doesn't know who Jesus is. He doesn't know what Jesus is able to do. But he looks at Jesus and says, I wish I could get into the pool because that is where my hope is at. If I could get in that pool, if I could just get it, if I could make my way in the pool somehow and be the first one. And you could imagine how many times this water has stirred and people have come out of the water healed. And every time he's just thought, if I could just get in there. And just when he starts to climb up and climb in, somebody gets in front of him. He's just looking and saying, somebody help me. He doesn't know that he's asking the king of kings for help. He's just looking and saying, somebody help me. I got to make my way into the pool. Have you ever longed for something, wanted something, waited for something for a long time? Have you ever like really, really wished that you could be the one who could get that one thing? You know, we talk about this in our church from time to time. There, um, you know, there's a uh, my, my wife and I, we like to when 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 the Powerball gets really big, we like to dream about what we would do if we won. Don't judge me. We usually don't buy a ticket. We just dream about what we would do if we won, you know. And and the reason why we do this because we, you know, like it, man, it would be so great if I could just in a much more tangible experience. Uh, I got a friend who happens to work at our church, and he recently has reintroduced me to. Um, To sneakers, not just to any sneakers, but to highly overpriced sneakers. And uh, these highly overpriced sneakers get released um, pretty often. But once in a while, there's a drop. It's called a drop. Am I right, Pastor Rick? It's called a drop. It's called a drop. There's a drop that happens once in a while. And when one of these drops happens, everybody wants to be the one to get it. I mean, they just—they'll do anything to try to be the one who gets it. And so at 10 a.m., the drop happens online, and it happens through an app. And so at 9:55, everybody's sitting in front of their their device, and they're tapping the button as fast as they can. They start tapping at 9:55, and they tap for five minutes so that they can hopefully be the one who taps right at 10 o'clock to get the drop. I got one. I got one. I got one. I, I waited, and I waited, and I waited. And I want to let you enjoy this moment with me. Watch this. This is how it happens. When you start to open a box, you get that fresh sneaker smell. Mm, I would let you smell it, but I don't know if that would be COVID or not. So, and then, then you start to pull back the, the, the black, the black uh, plastic paper they put in here, and you get that fresh sneaker sound. Y'all can just imagine this with me. Those who are at home or watching are saying, what sneakers are they? Then you unveil them. Look at that. Look at that. They will never look this nice after I wear them once. But from now till then, mmm, lovely. This is the kind of thing that I... Find joy and longing for, and wanting to be the one who wins. On, I I, I want to try to be the one who 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 wins that lottery, that sneaker lottery. But how much more significant the moment for this young man who's laying by the pool, who's saying, "I want to be the one who makes my way in, so that I can find healing." Can I be honest with you for a minute? I bet you, if we forget about sneakers and we think about the realities of our lives. I bet you there's an area of your life where you're saying, man, I just wish I could be the one who I could be healed in that. Maybe there's something you run to all too often and you say, God, I just just wish I could be healed from that. Maybe there's a hurt that's in your life, a physical, emotional, spiritual hurt in your life. God, I just wish I could be healed from that. Maybe there's something you've been longing for for a long time. You just wonder when God is going to show up and allow that to be. Man, I just wish I could be healed from that. Maybe like the invalid, you're Crying out, but you're not crying out to the King. You're just crying out and say, "Man, I just wish there was some place that I could find healing." And maybe you run. Maybe you run to other things, right? You run to something else to mask the hurt that's in your life, or you, you run to something else to cover over the things that you don't want anybody to know about. You, you try to dull the pain by doing things that harm yourself or other things that, that seem to take away the, the the pain for just a moment. When in reality, what you want and what you need is healing. That's the encounter that happens here in this scripture. That's the encounter that I couldn't get out of my mind as I drove through the neighborhoods of our city. I just imagined for a moment what would it be like if there was a pool that the water started to stir in, and everybody, not just the first person, but everybody would run and jump into the pool, and, and those who couldn't run and jump themselves, somebody would help them into the pool, and, and as they as, as they immersed in the water, they were healed. And then I had this aha kind of moment, this epiphany kind of moment that it's not the water that brings the healing. Watch this. Jesus didn't say to the man, get up and get in the pool. He said to him, get up, you're healed. Jesus declared the healing without the water. He was laying by the pool thinking the water would be salvific in nature to him. It would be what brought what he had been longing for and hoping for. You and I, we chase things. I chased these sneakers. I was so excited when I got them. I haven't even taken them out of the box. They didn't bring me what I thought they were going to bring me. I'm, I'm excited. I'm not giving them back. Don't ask, I'm not sharing. Pray for me about that. But 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 you're so excited about whatever these things are, but in reality they don't bring the healing and the hope that we're longing for. So I'm driving through this neighborhood of our city and I'm feeling crushed. And then I see it. I see people who are not socially distancing themselves. I mean, they, they could not get any closer than how they were. They were lined up. And I watched this line, and it, it, it kind of looked like Walmart when Walmart first opened back up, and they were only letting, like, 30 people in at a time, and everybody was lining through the parking lot. These people were lined up. And I had to. I had to follow the line. So I drive down, and I drive around the block, and I still see the line going. And I turn the next corner, and I still see the line going. This line literally wraps a city block Finally, I get to the end of the line, and there's steps that lead up to this big brown brick building. And standing on the top step, there's a lady who couldn't have been more than five foot She was senior in her life, but I could tell she had a lot of vibrancy in her. She was standing up there, her hands were raised, her collar was straight, and she was letting people in one at a time, one at a time. And I just watched these people who were lined up all the way around. They had found their Bethesda pool, but it wasn't a pool of water. It wasn't anything different than you and I might imagine right now. They had found a church, and the doors were open. And I don't know what was going on inside of that church, but I saw saw hundreds of people lined around the block who were excited to get inside because they knew if they could get inside, that there was something happening there that was going to give them relief that they could not experience no matter what they were chasing it with. Friends, i got to be honest. Have you run to the king? Have you lined up with Jesus? You're laying at the pool. We're all the invalid. We're all struggling in some way. Literally right now, my foot is hurting. We're all in need of some kind of healing. Have you gone to Jesus and just said, Jesus, it's not in the waters that I want to meet you. It's not in the pool that I need you. It's not hoping that you'll do something out there. It's hoping it's something right here what happen, Jesus, would you speak those words over my life? Jesus, would you declare these things in my life to be eradicated? Jesus, would you indeed bring healing upon me? Jesus, do you continue this day to do the things that we see in Scripture, or is that just a story about you from a long time ago? Because see, I believe this. I believe that Jesus desires to bring you the greatest healing of your life. And that might not be your arm stretching out. It might not be your finger growing back. It might not be the pain in the foot leaving, but it is this. Absent of Jesus Christ, you could not be any further away from the Father. Absent of standing in relationship with Jesus, you could not be any more lost, no matter what you have already found. It is only in relationship with Jesus that this life has meaning. It is only in relationship with Jesus that our identity is pure and claimed. It is only in relationship with Jesus that forever begins today. And it is only surrendering and saying yes, yielding to Christ to be the Lord of our life, that we find salvation that we not only receive for ourselves, but we have the opportunity to gift to others. Friends, i got to ask you today, Have you lined up with Jesus? Have you said, yes, Jesus, you've wandered around the city long enough. You've been part of the 1.6 million long enough. It's time to say, I want to be counted among the few. It's time to say, Jesus, I want to be yours. I want to be centered on who you are. I want to be upright and before you. God, I believe in what you're doing. God, I believe that you're still at work. God, I believe that you're healing. God, I believe that you care. God, I believe that you died on my behalf. God, I believe that you're calling my name. So, Jesus, I lay all the rest down. The guy had a reputation. I told you about that. I said I'd come back to it. You see this? Jesus didn't know who he was. Jesus didn't know his name. Jesus didn't know anything about him. But Jesus heard that he had been in this kind of situation for a while. Everybody else must have knew him. Everybody else must have stepped over him, stepped around him. Everybody else must have said, hey, I got to make sure I jump in front of that guy in order to get into the pool. People knew who he was. They knew him by his deficiency. They knew him by his patterns. They knew him by his addictions. They knew him by the things that separated him from God. But what they didn't know is this. God had a plan for him. God was going to restore him. God was going to renew him. God was going to call him by name. God was going to invite him to be his own. God in that moment was going to bring healing that was going to testify to your life 2,000 years later. So I don't know what God's going to do with what's going on in your life. But I know this, if you'll yield, he'll save. If you'll yield, he'll use. If you'll yield, he will create a testimony in the ragged parts of your life that will communicate clearly to the world the love of God that brings salvation to each of our souls. I want to ask you a couple of questions today to help you kind of make sense of this morning's message. If you're going to take notes, these are something you might want to write down, put them in, your, text them to yourself so you can answer them later or something of the sort. But these are moments where I want to invite you to kind of be earnest with God. Be earnest with yourself and be earnest with God. Four simple questions for you that I hope will lead us into a deeper place this morning. The first question I asked earlier, what are you in need of healing of? Maybe another way to ask that same question is, what is it in my life that looks like God is not present? What is the area of my life that looks like God is not present? Maybe it's something that everybody knows about you and it's part of your reputation, or maybe it's something that nobody knows about you that would really dirty or, 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 or diminish your reputation if they did. What's the area of your life you're like, God, I just need healing here? I need this to change. Maybe it's physical, maybe it's emotional, maybe it's spiritual. Second thing this morning I want to ask you is, if yielding to God means that God, uh, that, that means getting up in response to his voice, what is the voice of God asking you to do right now? If yielding to God means getting up, remember Jesus said to him, he said, get up and take your mat. And this man had to decide in that moment, do I believe in what you're saying? Will I yield to your voice? Without even knowing that he was king of kings, he, 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 okay, he told me to get up. I'm going to try to get up. And he gets up, and he picks up his mat, and he starts to go. And he's like, I've never done this before. This is amazing. What is the voice of God asking you to do? You know, some of us, we, we, we literally, God has lined things up for us in our life, and we sidestep. God, yeah, n- not right now, Lord. I want to try something else. God, I want to move over here instead. God, I want to do this instead. And, and, and the voice of God is, no, I, I've lined this up for you. I've set everything up. All you need to do is say yes to me in this moment. What is God asking you to do? And what will your yes look like? The third thing, many of us have already predecided how God can like the man who's laying by the pool he thought the only way he could be healed was if he got in the water but isn't it only God who shows up and says i don't need the water watch what i can do you and i maybe have prescripted the way god responds we prescripted what we think is the only way in which god could god the only way this could work out is if you this this and this will you make space in your life for god to surprise you Will you just say, God, freely I'm yours, and freely I receive whatever it is you have for me? And that might mean stepping outside of some boxes that you've been in for a long time. You know, you heard me talking earlier. I said, I believe that God still does the miraculous. That might shake your world a little bit. You might have come up in a tradition where you think, you know, like, that doesn't happen anymore. But I can testify with you and share a story with you where I have seen the power of God do miraculous things. Friends will you make space in your life for God to surprise you in a way in which he would work one of the ways that God surprised me very recently was I was standing on the front porch of the church and we were uh, rehearsing our outdoor service for 11 a.m and uh Charlie Pastor Charlie and I were standing up there and uh, and somebody drove down the street and they saw me standing on the side of the they saw me standing on the front porch of the church and uh and they saw that I was that I was limping. Now, they just noticed this as they drove by in their car, and they spun their car around, and they pulled back. And this guy comes up to me, and he says, can I pray for you? Now, I'm a professional prayer. Like, that's what I do. I, I, I pray for people. That, that, that's the role of a pastor. Like, I preach and I pray. Like, that's kind of my responsibilities. So it caught me off guard as this guy said, can I pray for you? And I said, yeah, like, Please. But it completely rocked my world that that God would take this guy from Harrisburg, drive him into Philly, notice an ailment in my life, and just say, can I offer to pray for you right now? And as this gentleman prayed for me, it wasn't that my foot was healing. It was that my heart was. God wasn't restoring my walk. I, I still limp a little bit. But man, my heart was renewed. God, surprise us. Show up in our lives in ways that we wouldn't imagine. And when you do, we make space for that. God, we recognize it's you and we give you the full honor. The last thing I want to say this morning from this message is that We won't touch a lot on it, but in verses 12, 13, 14, and 15, the story shifts. The first 10 verses or 11 verses are about Jesus healing this man. The last three or four verses are about about folks trying to catch Jesus up and doing the right thing at what they considered to be the wrong time. Friends, let me say this as plainly as I can to you today. There is never a wrong time to do the right thing. Let me say that again. There is never a wrong time to do the right thing. For those who might not know me real well, my last name is Garcia, which might lead you to think that I am Hispanic, and I am. I have some, I have some Mexican influence in my life. But my father was a black man, my mother a white woman. I've lived in the racial tensions of our nation my entire life. I, I, I pastor a church that seeks to have a voice in that space, but yet we haven't definitively lent our voice in that conversation over the last couple of months. Please let me say two things about that. One, the absence of our voice definitively in this conversation is not representation of hearts that don't care. It's representation of leadership that's still hurting. I invite you today To hear these words there is never a wrong time to do the right thing church as a nation it is time for our voices to be linked together to say we will no longer stand by sit by stand by or stand with those who are doing the wrong thing racial discrimination injustice of any kind is no longer tolerated or accepted in this Christian church and, Lord willing, in any Christian church around the nation. So I say to you today, join with us, join with us, join with us now and ongoing because there's never a wrong time to do the right thing. Yeah, Jesus healed on the Sabbath, but don't get it mixed up. The Sabbath was not the important part of the story. The important part of the story was that Jesus healed. I believe God wants to do that for you. I believe God wants to do that for me. And I believe God will do that for our nation and for the people of God around the world. Friends, together, let's lend our voice to say we will stand for and with what is right. And to everybody out there today who is hearing that and they're comforted by that, I'm glad that the Spirit of God can bring that comfort. For every one of us who is sitting out there today and we find conviction in that, I'm glad that the Spirit of God can bring conviction. And for anybody out there today who's saying, I don't believe in that, I want to tell you this. You can email me directly or set up an appointment to come and meet and talk with me. Because I'd love to help explain to you that God cares not just about your spirit and your soul, but he cares about the way we treat one another here and now. There's never a wrong time. So together, let's do the right thing. Father God, I pray. I pray, Lord God, that we would line up around the block, God. I pray, God, that, that people of this city, 1.6 million people in our city, God, I pray that every one of those people soon, God, would, would line up around the block for their Bethesda pool. But it wouldn't be a pool they would be running to, God. It would be it would be a corner and a, and a courtyard and a, and a church and and, and a sanctuary. And, and they would just desire to be around the people of God because they would know that healing comes from being around people who have been healed. And so, God, they're, they're looking to others to lead them to the the source and the source is nothing other than you God. Salvific in nature, desiring to renew and restore us, and inviting every one of us to a new life with you. God, whoever's out there today and they're watching and whoever's here in the sanctuary with us today. I pray, Lord God that if they have not yet that they would yield their life to you, that they would say yes to you to be their Lord, that they would say yes to you to be the one who, who gives them the forever. God, they would stop looking to boxes that come in the mail and they would stop looking to anything else that might, that might bring them joy and they would, they would turn to you as the source of that. They would turn to you as the giver of life. They would turn to you as the one who can, can, can set them free. God, I pray that the, the, the bondage of the things that we've been tied to would be broken. God, I pray that what we would be tied to now, what we would be yoked to, is something completely different. Because you say that your yoke is easy and the burden is light. And so, God, I pray that we would be tied to you, that it's in you and with you that we find our meaning, our hope. If you're out there today, you've never, you never invited Jesus to be the Lord of your life. I invite you today. Lord Jesus, I give up. I give up. Lord Jesus, come that I might know you. I receive you as the forgiver of my sins and I give you the first place in my life. I'll be your child if you'll be my king. Jesus, please, save me. If you've joined me in that prayer, or if you've joined me in any prayer like that, if you surrendered and said, Jesus, you are the Lord, and I am not, then I invite you on a lifelong journey. You're like the man who Jesus said, get up and take your mat and go. And What's ahead of you now is a lifetime of following the King, Together, let's seek to do what is right. God
0: bless you. What we heard today was something amazing. And what my ears were able to pick up is that God is constantly giving. God knows that we need him and that he is the one that is able to provide everything that we need. And he's going to give it to us. And so at this particular time of our worship, I just like to remind people that you can give and that the reason why we need you to give is so that we can keep giving you the word to keep giving you the sustenance that's needed spiritually and so when you leave today we have over here a box so as you journey through our, our worship center right before you get there there's a box for you to give your tithes and your offerings and for those who are online, there's, pro- there's probably something, a button you can push there so that you can give online. And we just want to thank you ahead of time for that. And so, as I said, God is a giver. And so when you think about what we heard today and how God wants to give us healing, we know that we are in need of that healing. So as you leave here today, let me remind you to keep seeking Him, but also at the same time, Look to those around you that are in need. And if you're able to give like God gives to you, why don't you seek to give to them, all right? Because we want to do what God does, and that's to constantly be giving and helping those who are in need, all right? So as you go, enjoy the rest of your day. Amen, and take care. Thank you for listening to our weekly podcast. We pray it was life-giving. To find out more about us, visit our website at rocksboroughchurch.org and join us for worship on Sundays at 10.30 a.m.